Hey, everybody, it's your boy, Good Life Russ. Thanks for tuning in. You're rocking with us at the Good Life Podcast, the kickback. Uh, if you haven't subscribed already, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and any other major podcast site. Thank you for listening every week. Thank you for tuning in. I love your feedback. I love y'all's energy. Make sure y'all subscribe. Make sure y'all like. Make sure y'all share. Make sure y'all follow. Stay in the discussion. We are talking about real world issues. We're talking about the culture. We're talking about the country. We're talking about family. We talk about everything on here. So make sure y'all tune in again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This will not be possible without any of you. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love you. I appreciate you. Let's get it. I got to deal with women. So any issue they deal with, I got to deal with indirectly. And if they deal with men, any issue I deal with, they got to deal with indirectly. I deal with my issues directly and they deal with them indirectly. So how do we deal with not being hurt by women? Um, Well, go about it differently. I mean, if I say something something one way and, okay, let's say you and I speak two different languages. I can Mm -hmm. talk to you my language all day long and you will never understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. But, you know what I'm saying, if I try another language, you might understand that shit a little better. And the closer I get to mm-hmm. some shit you understand, the better off I'll be. So mm-hmm. I, I'm doing myself no favors by trying to talk to you and getting nowhere and then just saying, oh, you don't listen. When I never made an effort <laughs> to speak your language. Hmm. I, I just feel like, what language would it be? I feel like it's pretty straightforward. It's, well... It's, it, it it can be. I mean, it's different for every person. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, as far as double standards when it comes to trauma, double standards when it comes to mental health, I feel like it's pretty black and white. For example, earlier I used the example of like the rape culture and how it's viewed completely different for when little girls versus little boys. For when it shouldn't be, and even women can acknowledge that it is, but how does a man change that culture how does a man change that perception that we hurt as much as little girls hurt you know what i mean we're going through the same thing they're going through and we're dealing with it the same way but we got to bundle ours up and kind of hide it and be quote unquote strong all the time or have strength or whatever don't that play means. into that quote unquote right there i agree um if i don't ever play into your social norm for what you think i should be then i won't be relegated to the stigmas of it and <laughs> if I I know what I'm supposed to do for for me and my, and that's it, and that's all I know what I got to do to get the shit going. Um, a lot of that shit differs from the social norms expected of a man. Like mm-hmm. absolutely, I teach my son all sorts of stuff that most people probably wouldn't teach their son, or at least the way it's told. <laughs> I teach my my son about feelings and talking to people, absolutely, me too, things like that. But. Most people, the way we have the conversations, will look at it like, yo, that's not it. Um, I've done enough fighting for 12 people, so I don't ever tell my son to fight, even if he got hit first. And that's those people. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like, as a man, how you teach your son that? And it's like, well, as a man, how can you teach your son to, to punch all people? Exactly. And he's not even an aggressive person or a even, violent person. Even if he is, <laughs> there's no reason for it. Like... I mean, he don't have that nature. Like, you're putting that nature into them. Because some of them don't want to fight at all, ever. But it comes with being a boy. It comes with being a man, right? Absolutely. So, how do you talk to your son about that, knowing the social climate isn't what you think it is? They still have to go live in the world. And they have yeah. to deal with these people. They're going to date these people. They're going to be friends. They're going to get stabbed in the back by these people. So, how do we get it to where people start understanding more who they are? You know what I mean? Because we understand the world. Like, I understand how other people move. I understand somewhat of how other people think and why they do the dumb shit they do. But I, I find very few people I can relate to. And it makes it hard when I'm trying to push an agenda that I don't feel like majority of the people will get or understand or even put into play. That's cool. So it's hard for my for me and my son knowing, like, these women that I see with these fucked up mentalities, like you said... That that's, It's about the lessons they're taught. It's about the example they're shown. So I'm knowing my son is going to have to deal with these little girls who the same mothers that I had to deal with in high school, that I had to deal with in college and afterwards. These They're raising kids. You know what I mean? So that's going to be his generation. And that's why it was so 
I didn't never understood if I should go after the parents or the children when it comes to like speaking and you know what I mean? Really trying to make a change and break the cycle. And I feel like some of these people don't want the cycle broken. Nah, nah, not at all. It works for them. Yeah, um, it, it benefits them. It doesn't really favor people like us. Um, when, as people have been seeing me change and change my mind, I feel like they like me less and less. Like, I enjoy that. But it's it, it also lets me know who they are. You know what I mean? Um, um, which I would rather know where I stand with people more well, than anything. When you say they like you less and less, does that mean that they also grow to dislike you more and more? Because there's a whole round between liking and not liking called me just being indifferent. Um, I don't think they know what it is. Sometimes it comes off as hate. I don't think a lot of people know what it means to really hate somebody. Uh, Sometimes it comes off as disgust, bitterness, like you were saying. <laughs> I don't know what the real emotion is behind it, but their energy change. Like, when I'm around them, when I talk to them, it's different. Uh, I can feel the difference. I've dealt with that my whole life, people not liking me. And I mean, like, they don't care to bite them tongues. They don't care to filter themselves. They make up lies about what's really going on. That type of, I guess I would say, dislike. I've dealt with that at a young age, at an old age. I know what that is when I'm cool with somebody and I say something and they just change. Their energy different. They're real short. You know what I mean? They're real snappy. They're real confrontational. So I'm just like, okay. Like, wow. And they can acknowledge, like, yeah, you know, you're different. You're saying different things, but I don't like those things. And I'm like, it's fine not to like what I have to say. How does that mean you don't like me because you don't like my opinion? You know, it goes back to the conversation we had weeks and weeks and weeks ago about growth. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You think it's comfortable for the plant to push through the dirt. Hell you no. think it's comfortable for that person to be challenged and have their belief system <laughs> challenged. They instantly get defensive when you start to challenge things that they've always known. Mm -hmm. So when you start to say things that immediately and directly go against things that they have known as a fact for a long mm -hmm. time, they immediately get defensive. I mean, but... <laughs> so how do we talk? <laughs> how can I have a conversation with somebody who don't want to hear their truth? Because sometimes my truth is going to bring out your truth. And just by us having a conversation, your demons are up front and center with mine. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it, it just... I'm less inclined to want to have those conversations with people. Like, I I do want to talk to spread awareness, but I also want to talk to change. I want to talk to fix things. I want to talk to gain a different understanding about what I'm going through. But if a room full of people don't understand, I feel quiet. And even if I'm yelling, like you said, I'm speaking a different language. They don't hear me. Um, I use analogies a lot. So I spend a lot of my time trying to... It, essentially, I got to translate things twice. Just to even have a conversation. Um, that shit gets tired. But <laughs> it'll it'll be one way in my head. And mm -hmm. I got to translate that into regular words. And then I got to remember who I'm talking to. And if they can even comprehend what I'm saying. The way it comes out of my brain. And if they can't. I need to put that into an analogy. And break it down Barney style. So that they can. Um, so I'll give them an example. Uh, like. Ah, it, de it would depend. I love examples. Like like the plant situation, the yeah, growth yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah. It's always something they up. can see in their head. Yep. Small numbers. Not I'm not talking millions, I'm talking tens. That's how I do it. Yeah. Um, because okay. matter of fact I had a conversation about population with people and when I put it in terms of millions, they can't understand it. Mm -hmm. But when I put it in terms of tens, they get it. Mm -hmm. Seven out of seven point two out of every ten people are white. That makes more sense than hundred and fifty four point seven million. Americans are white males. That number is scary, but 7.2 makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it just, it it all depends on how you go about it. Like, there's, no, there's a way to translate what you're thinking into something that they can get. And you learn that from dealing with them. Seeing how they learn things. Like, it's, my whole issue with that is the thing that I'm thinking is clearly complex. I have simplistic things I think about that I don't overcomplicate. So if I have a super complex thought, I feel like me dumbing it down, you still don't understand where I'm coming from. Give me an example. Complex thought. Complex thought. Um, life. Like, what are we doing here? Um, what is our purpose? Like, I've been asking people lately, one of my younger homies from Atlanta, um, he asked me one day, like, uh, what's your passions versus what's your, what do you feel your purpose is? So I'm like, huh, okay. So I really started really thinking about that. Like, my purpose. What am I? What do I feel I was put on earth to do? Or whatever have you. You know what I mean? So I'm having that conversation with people, and I don't feel like they can grasp where I'm, like, 
where I'm trying to go. And and I agree with you. I love I love analogies. I love pictures. I like and I like using the shit that's in their life. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. People they know personally, and because I know about them, so I I change the situation, change the names, the faces. You know what I mean? Whatever have you. And some of those conversations like that, um, some stuff is I'm kind of just poking. I want to see you know what you got to say. I don't really have like an answer I'm looking for from you. I just want to see you know how complex you can be with the situation. And I feel like if I come to you with something complex that I done dumbed down to your level, it's gonna be kind of like a two second, five two second conversation. You know what I mean? Because we had to now go crawl to crawling. Yeah. And it's only so far you can get when this is really like a biking situation. Okay, build the conversation back up. Once you get them to understand the analogy, now you can get them to understand the conversation without the analogy. Okay. Start to plug in the piece that were originally there. <laughs> like so give it all to them is what you're saying. Change it like, like the plant situation. We had a conversation about growth and you know, man, stems pushing through stalks and things like that. So start to plug people into those situations. Like, now you're the plant. Now you think it's comfortable for you to, you know what I'm saying, branch out from where you at. You think it's comfortable for you to push through whatever you're going through. Life starts right outside your comfort zone. So as soon as you step out there, you start living. Mm-hmm. And the more you start to connect them to the story, to the analogy, the more it'll make sense to them. They may push out, they may, they may push at it, and they may make it seem yeah. like they don't get it. But <laughs> they'll do their best thinking and their best reminiscing on what you said when you're not around. When they Absolutely. drive in the car alone, that's when they'll start to think. I've about learned shit that, that too. Said. I don't like when people answer shit now. I kind of plant them stuff sometimes and yeah. just be like, go think about it. It's inception. You plant that seed in there. Let it let it grow in their brain. Mm. Like, I don't got to be right. I'm not. It, it's never, Absolutely. It's never a right thing. It's I had a, to get out of that. It's a happiness thing. I'd rather be happy than right. And if that means I got to lose this conversation, so be it. But while losing, I'm going to plant something in your brain that makes you realize why I decided it was better to be wrong. And happy than right. <laughs> so, what women do you decide to plant seeds in among? Everyone you come across, or is there oh, certain no. ones? Oh no, 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 never. That. And how do you differentiate between who gets a seed and who doesn't? Um, see, <laughs> people think I'm weird because mm-hmm. I watch people. It's a there's a, a careful vetting process, um, and I'm real interested in how people move in other relationships. Like, if I want to see how you are platonically then mm-hmm. i'll see how you are uh secularly in your in your regular relationships because if you have a friendship in your regular relationship you can handle platonic situations right some people don't know how to be a friend Absolutely. especially to the opposite sex they only know how to some be don't try. exactly some yeah. some are afraid of it mm-hmm. so i look at that like how are you with a your partner or previous partners how you are with your friends um the relationships you've cultivated thus far um, and how you continue to cultivate those relationships. Your affirmations, like what you tell people, like mm. your general disposition, what you put on the internet, that mm. is by far the most important thing. Whatever you put on the internet, it sends a picture. And the weird thing about social media is you got to imagine this shit wrapped in fucking in, in cellophane and fucking styrofoam or some shit. Like it's saran wrapped up. What you put on the internet is all there is to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the way people on the internet view it. Absolutely. So if all I post about is sex and fucking drugs, that's all there is to me on the internet. <laughs> There's a whole... Even though that's not the case, that's all people are going to see. Absolutely. So I, I take that into account. What you put on the internet. And then I look at how little or how much you put on the internet and understand that there's a vast, a, a vast amount more out there. So now I got to look at how people put things on the internet. Um, mm-hmm. They normally put the best versions of themselves out there. So if all you talk about is sex and, and fucking partying, that's the best version of you. I know the unknown version of you ain't going to be better than what you put on the internet. Why I won't waste it? my time. Right. I won't waste my time. But if I see what you're putting out there is good shit, you know what I'm saying? great shit, or there is nothing. <laughs> Clearly, you live in a whole life. Your mystery too. I like those. Now I'm interested in what you're doing. <laughs> now I have a, a, a vested interest in digging a little deeper. Now it prompts me to ask you questions. Mm. But if there's no, <laughs> if I can see it all on Facebook, why would I bother planting a seed? Ain't nothing gonna grow there because exactly. everything's grown already. Exactly. Ain't no, ain't no real estate for growth. Um, mm. 
most people don't seek out don't don't seek it out. They just want shit to happen. Like Absolutely. A goal without a plan is a delusion. And a lot of people are out here delusional. Absolutely. So I look at that like there's okay. There's uh, uh one woman here in Columbus, uh two or three years ago, she posted about saving up money for a fucking house and then she bought that fucking house. And now she lives in that house and she's planning that shit out. That would be somebody that planted seed it. Because they had a clear, concise plan in the beginning, Stuck and they seen that shit through. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that shit on a large scale, you probably do that scale. shit in everything. Does it take a bunch of small shit to equal that big shit? <laughs> Ever, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, decision-making skills, critical thinking skills. Those are things, intangibles, that you can see on the internet in posts that aren't actually there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the general mood of their post for the entire day. And then what mm. they do, like, you can you can tell... In the negative space of things, you can tell shit. And that's how I determine what I'm going to do. Okay. So what do you consider male brokenness? Oh, uh, a whole number of things. Um, anything that will create is insecurity. Is it trauma? Is it depression? Is it all those things? Is it... Is um, it what, like, well, what do you consider... For men, especially black men, there's a whole realm of brokenness that isn't even touched. Like, we don't even speak on domestic PTSD. When you hear PTSD, you immediately go veteran, shooting up shit, blowing shit up when... Nigga, it's... I'd say at this point where I live at, in fucking the number streets, mm-hmm. I'd say 80 to 85, 90% of the men out there have PTSD just from living there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and this shit is perpetual every day. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know it because that's the only life that they, they know. know. So, They're comfortable in that when life. your entire community's broken, it don't seem like anybody's broken. Yeah. So it's real hard to see it because a, un, a, a, a well-heeled black male is probably one in a thousand, one in ten thousand. <laughs> I've been having that conversation too. Like, think about how how rare you are. Like, if you if you look at your shit on the internet and you look like every other dope boy out there, you got on the fucking Louis V belt and the tight ass jeans and the what is the Balenciaga shoes and shit. You probably one in forty niggas. <laughs> just just flat oh, out for sure. But if you're not none of that shit, if you you know what I'm saying, know yourself and seek improvement. <laughs> like if you know those things, then you probably one in ten thousand niggas, one in one hundred fifty thousand niggas. So coming from your climate, coming from what you've seen, experienced, do you feel like you'll ever be a hundred percent healed, or do you always feel like you'll hold on to certain traumas? Oh no, I don't ever want to be a hundred percent healed. Okay, why would you want to? That means you're done. Um, like case in point, you think back to that plant. You think a plant is ever a hundred percent healed? If it's continuing to grow, there's always going to be a hole in its stock. There's always going to be a leaf to fall off. There's always going to be something growing. So you can't ever be healed. Okay. Like, <laughs> you cut your arm, that scab come up, you know what I'm saying? The scar grows. Is the, it, the scar's not done. It still grows. Eventually it gets small and eventually it goes away, but it's always there. So you're, all, you're never whole. I'd like to run at like 95 <laughs> to 99% healed, but nah, I'd always like to have something to work on. I got you. I got you. So does your... The things you consider your brokenness, does do you allow that to affect you in relationships? Does it simultaneously Hell affect yeah. everything in your life? It should. Like I said, the shadow work. Like I know the depths of the depravities the, the and, you know what I'm saying, ill shit I can do. I've, I've been there. I've done the nastiest, worst shit, especially in relationships. Mm-hmm. So I know as far as I can take it. Um, and I know what it takes to get me there. I use that shit every day as a barometer for where I'm at right then. How close mm. am I am to feeling as bad as I did then? Okay. And what threshold do I need to put to stop me from a, from fucking other hoes or doing some ill shit? I know the threshold because I've been at that threshold. Oh, it keeps before. you in check. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's the same, but it's the equal opposite. I know what you mean. Like niggas know what success feels like because they've had success. Mm-hmm. I know what depravity feels like because mm-hmm. I've lived that shit. And if I don't want that shit, use my knowledge of that shit to avoid that to shit. Avoid it. Um, I got you. So, yeah. so that's that poster on your wall that you look at every day. Like, okay, yeah, I'm not <laughs> this no more. <laughs> but if I ever wanted to be, I could. You could. Be. You mastered that shit. I mean, you spend. That's what people don't understand. Like, you spend so much time doing ill shit. Accept it. Understand that you you've gotten good at it. You're great at being a manipulator. Try mm-hmm. something else now. <laughs> like, get good use, at that. Use your powers for good for once. <laughs> I realized way back, like, yo. Obviously, I can fuck these hoes. <laughs> That's great. That gets old. Yeah, so let's do it. Let's try fucking just one of them now. Yeah. yeah. 
But that's not that's not fun. Nah. The brokenness. <laughs> nah. That ain't fun for people. <laughs> but until you until you can identify okay. that you're even a broken person, you won't even know where to begin to start. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of men don't see themselves as broken. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't because I don't feel like they put themselves in positions or around people who can potentially expose that part of them. I feel like a lot of people live comfortable and content because if you live around somebody that knows a few things, they might say some shit one day that rubs you the wrong way and it kind of fucks up your way of thinking like you were saying earlier. So that's why I was saying I think people, like, I wouldn't even use dislike. I think they avoid me now because they don't want me to say some shit that's going to fuck up the rest of their day mentally. And now I got to think about this shit because I've been thinking about it, but now somebody else noticed the shit. So damn. But now that the way I see things is the moment you realize something, like, mm-hmm. the moment you realize uh, a shortcoming of yours mm-hmm. is the moment you're at fault for it. Because any moment after that that you don't attempt to fix it, it means you've accepted your shortcoming. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, if... Damn. I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. So <laughs> <leadership>. <laughs> but Shortcomings? Um, basically, I, it sounds like you was headed towards accountability. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's a, that's a hard thing for a lot of people. Oh, of they do course. not want to be held accountable. It's always somebody else's fault. Yeah, every time. I was the same way. Um, because, like I said, I was fucking hoes. I was married. I was married for a long time, fucking hoes. Um, and it was never my fault because I always said, "Well, she ain't fucking me, so somebody will." But at any point, I could have cut her loose, and I didn't. <laughs> um, which means why not? One and both. No, because it was comfortable. Okay. All of my needs were met, except for that one. Except for peace? Nah, everything was cool. Was you arguing? No, everything was cool. Hmm. We didn't have sex. You <laughs> got the sex from other people. I just supplemented so the shit. So you stay here and just got the sex from other people. The, but <laughs> I didn't understand the the digging deeper portion of it. Like, I needed to understand why we weren't having sex. And I never even thought to understand why it wasn't happening. Mm. I just realized that it just wasn't happening. That it's just not here. And as a partner, it is my job to figure out the whys, not the whats. So, mm. it was my fault. Okay. Um, and once you start to take accountability for shit like that. and You're going to start looking into it. you got to look at the problem and then look one step past that. And that's generally where it started. Yeah. Um, so that's what I started doing. And you realize how many things that you do in your life are not karma, but just you a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it should have been waiting on you. Here yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> you just leading yourself. It knew it was coming, but you ain't know. <laughs> Niggas don't have foresight. Long, yeah. Long-term that's an important decision-making word. making skills. That's an important word. I feel like speaking on the male brokenness, I feel like foresight might be one of the bigger words that men need to start looking into. And they never had to. Like, you came from a similar background than what I kind of seen, you know what I mean, growing up. Because I was in sports, I was in school and shit, but I, I, everybody I was with was hood niggas. So, I seen them live hour by hour, second by second, yeah. minute by minute, day by day. Me and my hoopers talking about three years from now what we're about to be doing. Nah, they I'm, talking about next weekend. A lot of niggas can't see past the tip of their nose, um, and that's not their fault. But it, it is also their fault. Hell yeah, it's their responsibility, I feel like. It's a point. It's your life. But sometimes you get so far far behind the eight ball, you don't have no other choices. Can't but to deal with no the more. hand, deal with the hand that you dealt yourself. Mm-hmm. And you some, don't even like that motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> you, you can change all you want, but the cards are still dealt, especially mm-hmm. for black males. Like, fuck around and have a kid if you want to. You be on child support, and that shit will ruin your life. Nice. It'll ruin your life because there's no subsidized housing. Mm-hmm. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no nothing for a dad on child support. Nothing, but they'll eat you a lot. And um, expect you to keep calm. Yep, you can you can take care of the kid. You can let make, a mom not get that child support money. She's a victim, but you got to pay it, and you just got to oh, fucking pay it. I've seen even worse situations. I've seen my bro. He pays child support in three states for one kid. He essentially pays child support for seven children. He only has four because child support's fucked up. Wow. Um, you know what tenant benefits are? Mm-mm. Okay. If you collect, if you're a woman and you collect food stamps or you get care source, you know what I'm saying, any of that shit, that gets paid for by child support if you collect child support. So if you live here in Ohio and you collect food stamps and then you move to, say, Montana. Now, if you, if I pay child support for a kid that we've had, I still pay Ohio, but I still owe to you in Montana now. Now, let's say you move from Montana to Illinois. Now, I owe here in Ohio 
and in Montana, and now in Illinois. Where you just got a file there? No, it's tenant benefits. So if you've collected state level anything, the first check it comes from is child support. So your child support payments get stretched everywhere. I think I see it all the time. That's crazy. I didn't even know that was happening. It happens all the time. And once you're on the crazy thing about child support here in Ohio is once you're on it, you don't come off it. Mm-hmm. It don't matter what the mom says. It don't matter what the dad says. It doesn't matter what kind of deal y'all have worked out. Once you want it, you want it. Um, luckily for me, I'm not on it. But let's say, hypothetically, you made a bad decision at 18 and you had a kid. You fucked up one night. Um, and you take care of that kid. But maturity is a, a subjective thing. So you mature faster than the baby's mom matures. And she ends up putting you on child support. And now you got to pay so much every month for a kid that you continue to take care of. Let's say you become a better person. You grow. You're still dealt that card. You're still playing that hand, even though you know what I'm saying? it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So you can't really see past the cards in front of you. How could you ever plan for something three years ahead when you already got your shit planned out for you? Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of niggas Makes deal with. 18 years. They're not making decisions they want to. They're making the decisions they have, have to make. To. Yeah, and basically. a lot of niggas live with that. Damn. And it's a perpetual system. I can't live with that. But it's not just child support. You got to think about it. If you got a felony, let's say, you know what I'm saying? You was broke and you had to sell drugs to make a living or at least to feed yourself. And then you got caught. Now you got a felony. Now you can't get a job. So all you can do is sell drugs. That eliminates a lot of things for you, which causes trauma. I feel like that's why the law was set up the way it was. Keep people in that revolving door. Yeah. And there's no exit. You yeah. just get in and you don't ever get out. So if you if you're a black male at this point here in Columbus, you don't have a real good. I mean, it, it, depending on choices you made at a yeah, real young yeah, age. Yeah. Like, oh, I see that. It makes me sick, not in an envious way, but it, it makes me mad at myself. I see a lot of people who are doing different shit at eighteen and how it kind of played. It out ain't even eighteen. I'm t- my son's thirteen, and I got to guide the decisions he makes right now because I tell him now, like this is going to change your life. Now you're currently making decisions yeah. that determine your trajectory and at 18 you're going to make the largest decision you're going to make on this side of 50 what you going to do with your life and nobody is preparing young black males here in columbus for the largest decision they're going to make this side of 50 that's true nobody even tells them that they just you know what i'm saying senior year high school you're here into it. 18 you're an adult and now you got to figure out what the fuck you're going to do but yeah. what if you haven't been preparing for that now <laughs> oh, I remember but that day, bro. All you see is the dope boys out here making money. Yeah. Rappers making money. And society tells you you need money. You have no marketable skills coming out of school. Except for that shit, because they're your friends. So you, <laughs> your path, your yeah. decisions are already made for you. And a lot of black men I know don't feel like they have any value when they don't have any money. They feel like they're they're worthless. Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's the thing. <laughs> Especially when you deal with women, because... Nigga, <laughs> happiness is tied to money for them. Your yeah. worth as a man is tied to your money. It's tied to your finances. And what you can do. Yeah. Um, it's an exchange of sex for goods and services. But people don't like to have that conversation. People and that's really my problem. Like to have that conversation. That's my problem. It's like people will cry and bitch and moan about black men talking. But when we, we really have these conversations, like I have these conversations maybe daily about different topics and it's like, I be, I try. Like, I try to have conversations with people who claim they want the conversation, but they can't handle it. And then I get in a point where I don't want to talk no more. And it's like, oh, see, you don't want to talk. I'm like, we ain't getting nowhere. <laughs> yeah, we, <talking> well. <laughs> we we right we back reached. at square one. And I told you everything. And we right back at square one. I don't, I don't get it. I, I have the conversation, too. Like, as an adult, just mm-hmm. as grown individuals. It's normal to me now. Just as grown individuals, we all have our own bills. We all have rent. We all have electric. We all have food needs. So, you know what I'm saying? And everybody meets those needs. That's how we see each other and we deal in society. It's ex- it's an expectation that your needs have been met by you, probably, or by a significant other or whatever situation you're in. Right. But your needs were met previous to meeting me. So why meeting me does that mean that now I'm financially obligated to help you? You're an independent individual. Right. <laughs> all of your Every needs. other aspect but finances. But now I'm expected to cover you financially? That blows my mind. In, the, in exchange <laughs> for what? I get to spend time with you? Or what? I'm going to fuck you. But either way, it's an exchange of goods and services. I said this to my cousin earlier. And, I, and, and it was from a standpoint to where, legitimately, I don't really see myself being in a relationship. And I was like, I was uh, talking to him. I was talking to one of my homegirls. I'm just like, I feel like at 30... 
at 31, I should be able to talk to a woman and we're friends. And if we just want to have sex, we can have sex. But how many women can we truly have those conversations with? And a lot of women want to be that woman that you just have sex with and go back to their life. But they're dealing with the stigma of women ain't supposed to do that. Women ain't supposed to just give it up without a title. And oh. it's like, who put that in your head? I have those friends. I mean... I don't associate sex with relationships. I don't think we got to be in a relationship to have sex with each other. It's a compartmentalization thing. Uh, Until people can compartmentalize sex, they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be able to do it. Like, I treat, depending on who you are, like, sex can be as trivial as playing basketball with you. Yeah. Or playing video games. Or it can be as important as something I only do with you. Mm -hmm. It just depends on the person that you are and whatever, you know what I'm saying, agreement we've entered Mm -hmm. into. But... Hell, I have people that'll schedule me like maintenance, bro. I show up on Tuesday at eight, come in. It's probably tune, your best friendship today. Tune you, up, <laughs> tune you up and move along. No, we're not even really friends. Oh, okay. For I got even, friendships. Is it, it used to be like my best friendship? Yeah, it's been so much of that to where you know I'm saying we're friends, and I just make sure you enjoy nice good. Like you got an itch, and I can scratch it. Yeah. So why not be keep it that official? I got you. But I've also had it so cold as bro it's really like yo are you free tuesday yeah pull up cool no conversation go in do what i had to do bang i never did that and it does he run into people like that depends can accept that that and they be wanting i I just feel like their little men their movements seem like they want it but i don't think they want anyone to find out they're doing they're worried about what people are going to think well, it's a discretion thing, and that's something you got to sell. <laughs> when it comes to selling discretion, that's a conversation for another. Day. I don't even want that shit for real. It would be oh, nice man. to have it, but it ain't nothing. I'd be knocking on doors, and you know what oh, I mean. Nah. So, so, so to flip it, because this is just yeah. It's, I had this conversation. Went off on a tangent. Too. I had this conversation too. Okay, so how many relationships have you been in that um, you consider a relationship? That's tough because uh, I was married for a long time. Okay, <laughs> even while being married. There are some I'd consider a relationship, okay. even though I shouldn't. So no title. I mean, y'all basically act like a relationship. Um, Ballpark number. Is it ten? Is it less than ten or more than ten? Less than ten. Okay. So do you feel like your involvement becoming into a relationship with these women were based around your attraction for her? Uh, yes, but attraction is like fourfold for me. Okay. Um, Explain. It's like a four prong thing, and it, aesthetically, like visually. That's like number three. <laughs> like, okay. That's number three. It's so not, what's number one? Um, the mental. Like the okay. mental. You. So does so it takes time for so okay, so let me just try to paint a picture because I don't know. My relationships go pretty quickly. I meet a girl, I kinda get to know everything I want to know. A couple weeks we date in and then if it don't work out, you know, we're probably done by four or five months. That was like my twenties. That was a big part of my twenties. So do you get to know them? Do you date them for months? Then y'all, we're at this point, or does it happen instantly? Or how do you feel? It's subjective to the person. Like when, so it, it's been different for you for different. Oh people. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, when I was married, like that shit happened super quick. Like it was super, super seamless. Like super smooth. It just fit. But other people, it takes a while. Okay. It just in that, I'm not a static person, so it throws some people. Like, granted, I've only had. A handful, handful of relationships, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I've dealt with a shit ton of people. Absolutely, um, and it's because a lot of people can't understand that I'm not a static person and I'm an acts of service kind of guy. So I look at you as a person and I'll see all of the needs that you have, and I'll tailor myself to meet all of those needs. Okay. Um, so I find all your weak points and I'll make those my strong points. And people don't understand that concept, and they don't understand that's that how this, I am. It's going to take a second for you to understand who I am because mm-hmm. I'm still understanding who you are. And they probably never seen nobody like you. Exactly. Like I said, some most of the You're niggas they deal with for them. Most of the niggas <laughs> they deal with are one in 40 niggas. So they yeah. dealt with that nigga 50 yeah. 60 times over. They know how to run circles around 10 that nigga. Yeah, but if you a are, if you a one in 2000 nigga, man, there's chances you ain't seen nothing. I'm like the first version of me you've ever dealt with. So you're going to get it wrong. So are you more cautious with them? No. Do you I'm, feel like you're the same person no matter what? It's the same situation. I mean, not the same situation, but it's the same vetting process. It's the same. Okay. I look. I use the same system to look for different things. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Would you consider it? Do you put them through tests? No. 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 Everything's natural. Yeah. Um, 
I'm not about to set up a manipulated situation to see how you're going to react to the situation. I'll just look at previous situations. I'll ask about previous situations and how you reacted to those situations. And then look at how you reacted to situations similar to that, that as now. you've progressed. Okay. Um, and that used to be my forte when I was younger. Oh, I've tried it. Yeah, we had that conversation <laughs> yeah. too. Some people I do that way. Some people I'll intentionally lie to to see what happens. Okay. Um, I'll throw them and see how far I can get them. I want to see how far I can trust them, but not that situation. That's not how you. Okay. That's not how you go about it. Um, I had that conversation this morning. Um, sometimes you can go about what you're looking for completely wrong, and not understand that you have what you're looking for, and then the way you're going about getting that shit, and not understand that those two things will never coincide. Right. Uh. So it just you can't you can't put people through tests and expect them to perform well. Yeah, yeah, I agree because they a lot of times they don't even know they're in a test. But that's kind of the point of why I do it. I used to do it because I just want you in a natural state. Because I people watch, I analyze. When I go into a room, I'm super quiet. I watch how people interact with each other on their phones, conversations they have with your mama. Like I watch everything. Oh yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. And sometimes a lot a lot of times that tells me a lot that I need to know about a person. And it's better because they don't know I'm watching. And I kind of been doing that more than I used to do with the test. You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, I mean, it worked way, 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 way less than, than I thought it would. You know what I mean? Because it, logically it made sense. But, you know, people have variables in real life. You make somebody comfortable, they'll volunteer all the information you need. <laughs> That's all you got to do is get them the right type of comfortable. If I want to get you talking, I need to get you in a situation where you will talk. That's mm. it. If I want this specific information, I need to get us in a specific conversation to get that information. That's it. Mm. But I'm not going to... Um, <laughs> if I want to see you see how you respond to frustration, I'm not going to frustrate you. <laughs> no. Nah, I nah. got you. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, in the grand scheme of things, of male brokenness, what do you feel like, kind of to wrap it up, what do you feel like men should do differently? From from your perspective, your opinion, what do you think men should do differently to oh, help them get to a better man. a better position in life? You got to remove all the social norms. Like, all of that shit. Anything that has been taught to you as, quote, unquote, man, you got to remove that shit. And just people. Like, what is a good person? Okay. Um, okay. And then try to be that. And then apply all the things that you are as a male. Because you're naturally going to be some of the things that coincide with being a quote-unquote man. Absolutely, absolutely. I that shit, but it's not all fucking macho shit and beating on your chest. and it's you know, rarely niggas, that shit, People bro. have emotions, not just women. So It's, it's okay. rarely that shit. A nigga, I, I, I'm one of the coldest, non-intimate motherfuckers you will ever meet. And even I got emotions. And I'm told all the time I'm cold as fuck. So, no, like, I don't... Yeah. I think and I and I think that comes from people not dealing with people like you. They don't know how to deal with somebody like you. Well, some people don't know how to turn off emotion. Like they just use that shit all the time. Willy nilly free. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't use emotion at work. I don't use this shit with my kids for real. Like I don't either. It's so weird when women hear me say that. I have completely like separated myself from that. It's to the point where some of the shit I do will throw you off and you won't even notice it until I tell you about it. People don't touch my skin above my hands. I don't use anyone's name when referring to them specifically. I don't either. Like you'll never hear me say your name. That's funny. We do a lot of similar shit. Unless I specifically want you to. And the moment you hear it, it'll become special. That's why I do it. And it's little shit like that that throws people. So <laughs> We think a lot of life. That's funny. Okay, so but, where do you feel like you are? From, well, go ahead. What you about to that say? shit comes from being broken. That shit, all of that shit comes from being broken. Hmm. <laughs> I never thought of it like that But yeah that makes sense though It's I mean, like survival tactics But you can't if, if shit ain't broke how could it ever be fixed So being broken is a fantastic thing So long as you always have the expectation Of fixing the shit mm. <laughs> If you let your Let me think uh, let, Let's see because some things break and heal But some things just stay broken Absolutely. I'm trying to think of an analogy that works Something that gets stronger as it breaks and I would say I would say innocence. Do you think innocence can get healed? I think once that's gone, it's gone forever. Yeah, but who wants to be innocent in the world we live in? God. You get eaten alive. (laughs) 
I mean, I'm looking for an example. I, I can't think of anything. That's... Um, a, a real simple one would be muscles. Muscles, you, when you work out, you break them bitches down. Yeah, You rip them sure. apart, and then they grow back bigger and stronger. And that's literally people. The pain you're dealing with, too. <laughs> people. Yeah. Your brain is a muscle like anything else. And you, know what I'm you have mental strength. So break that shit down and then build that shit back up. That's how you become a stronger mental person. Be broken. Stay broken. Be okay with being broken. Failure yeah. is okay. Be it, all of that shit's okay. Trauma happens. The shadow work I was talking about. Accept that shit. Learn from this shit. Grow from this shit. <laughs> you can't change it. It's going to be so there. So we start the conversation by, this isn't something you run from. This isn't a bad thing. Oh, it's, well, you feel I like mean, it's necessary. The brokenness. It's, well, you feel like it's necessary. Even in the statement that you said, it's, it con- it's contradictory. You can't run from it because that's not being a man. Exactly. <laughs> so you got to stand up. You got to acknowledge that shit. But a lot of people don't understand that it's even out there. How can you know you're broken if everyone around you is broken? Everybody looks normal. Normal, yeah. quote, unquote, yeah. normal. <laughs> you, you, you tie that to the fact that talking about mental health to black men is a stigma. So now they'll never know. Yeah. Never. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got one last thing, and this is something I always talk to people about. How do you feel about doctors and white doctors at that? What kind of doctors? White doctors. A doctor who like could a, potentially do surgery on you. A medical doctor? Yes. Oh, I work in healthcare all day long. So um, you got to understand, I don't even believe in healthcare, um, especially American Western medicine. This shit's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, no one, no doctor that I've seen is there to, to heal you, they're there to make customers. Some money. It's a business like anything else. Yeah. Hospitals are, you know what I'm saying, the Walmarts of medicine. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. You go there to get a become, quick fix. Yeah. Prescriptions mm-hmm. are subscriptions mm-hmm. to their pills. It's like a magazine subscription. You got, you know what I'm saying, a heart problem here. Take the subscription to, oh, let's see, what's a heart pill? A Torvastatin. Here's 30 of them every month for, what, $6 a month? Like, that's all it is. Paid subscriptions for different problems. They're not there to save you. They're there to make you a customer. Um, yeah, that that was the biggest part I take from it. The same way you see it, I just don't trust them. I feel like you don't know me. They don't get to know me. I don't. It's not a personal thing. Like us having us having our baby, it, it was so weird because I have not been in the hospital in a very long time, very very long. <laughs> so it was weird, bro. It, it's weird just them like uh, us being in the room and her not having the norm. Just the doctors, just what they be talking about. I just, uh, it's weird. You know what I mean? I look them in the eyes. They don't be looking me in the mm-hmm. eyes all the time. Oh. I've been wanting to storm out that bitch so long while we was in labor, bro. My baby situation was different. Um, I've only had one kid, even though I got two kids. Yeah, um, yeah, But my daughter was born at West Point. Um, so we was, it was <laughs> super smooth. The military did a great job. Um, Army, like Army University. Yeah, West yeah, Point, I know what yeah. you mean. They did a great job. Um since my daughter was born on December 30th, we were the only people in the hospital. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, The only people on that floor specifically, I know when we left New Year's Day, there was nobody there. So we had a great experience. Um, But I assume that's because it was West Point. And, like, healthcare in the military is way different. It's a socialist system, so it's not like there's a payment for it or anything. It's not like anybody gets paid because of the services they render. So they're just doing good work. Yeah, everybody's just at work helping people. Yeah. So they don't have a vested interest. Like, say, mm-hmm. an HMO plan where yeah. doctors make more money by referring you to their friends. Like, yeah. So, no, it was super cool. Even certain procedures. I never knew. I found this out a couple years ago. Like, they get paid more for C-sections. At a point, they was forcing women to get C-sections at a little risk. And they didn't even, you know, they just like, do the C-section. The hospital can charge so much because you've done an open, you know what I'm saying, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got other doctors they got to pay. You need an anesthesiologist Mm -hmm. at that point. You need nurses and Mm -hmm. tools and a special room for the shit. So, hell yeah, they can charge you more. Having a baby now is, what, 12 grand? Something like that. <laughs> Some crazy goofy shit. Bro. You can do that shit at home. Yeah. We was thinking about doing that, too. Um, I don't remember why we didn't, but... That sounded bad. <laughs> that kind of trivialized the whole situation. And I don't mean it like that. I mean, I know what you mean. I think people <laughs> would know what you mean. Like yeah. a water birth. Is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, um, That's we was going to do that at home. You can get midwives. You can do mm-hmm. all sorts mm-hmm. of things. She was looking yeah. in all that stuff. That's crazy, because, like, as I've been changing, she's been changing. And it's been... It's been 
so fulfilling. Like, I'm watching her evolve. I tell her that every day. Like, we haven't had an argument since Lord knows when. And Gross. Yeah. <laughs> but and it feels good. Now, I have the foresight on someone else's growth. Like, see how they're growing and the trajectory that they're growing in. And mm-hmm. if that's something you like, meet that trajectory. And mm-hmm. in three years, be where they need you to be <laughs> because yeah. that's where they're going to be because that's what you need. Mm-hmm. That's why I'll be ballparking, throwing people. I'm saying, I'll lead you so far. Like, if I'm in a situation and I'm not where I need to be, I'll say, okay, um, I'll see the direction you're headed without even having the conversation. I'll just see the direction they're headed, and I'll start working towards that same direction. And then eventually, that shit will meet up, and the shit works. But that's just a one-off. It's only happened once or twice. Yeah. And even when it does work. A lot has to work for that to happen still. Yeah, even if it does work, they got to be single, and then they have to be compatible to the person that I am. Exactly. And it don't always work out that way. You take that chance? You're going to? Sometimes? If it comes up, I I I mean to say, are you planning on taking that chance, or are you just if you see it, you get up and start heading in that direction? Um, these days I'm open to most things because I've been I spent a whole bunch of time shooting shots and getting nowhere, mm-hmm. meeting a whole bunch of people that you know what I'm saying, didn't mm-hmm. it just ended up costing me money. Um, and time. Yeah, nah, I don't I don't ever consider it a waste of time because I only view, nah, I only view wins and lessons, not I wins and losses. Different women though. Wins and lessons. I guess my lost time was when I felt like I was dating the same woman over and over again, which I had a year or two. That's where I your did that. fault. I looked back the next year and I was just like, God damn. You kept picking That was them. like four of the same people. You kept picking them. <laughs> That's one thing I will say. None of yeah, them. Yeah, I don't blame them, but my, I still feel like my time is wasted. I, I get upset at myself. I don't get upset at oh, other yeah. people. I never get The only time I ever used to yell at people and do that is I was matching their, their energy and I had to learn how to do that in a different light. I don't yell. But I don't get upset with people. It would take a lot for me for me to be mad at somebody. Nah. I, I learned a long time ago, especially after I got a divorce. Uh, I'm limited in my coping mechanisms. And a lot of the coping mechanisms that I had, I learned from the Marine Corps. So they involve violence. So it helps that I don't get upset. And I don't match a lot of energy. That's why I stay chill. Because mm-hmm. you, if, if we have a conversation and you yelling, at that point, I'm trying to decide at what point is this conversation going to reach an impasse. At what point is this conversation just going to come to blows? Because once I realize that we're not going to be able to talk this down, I'm going to punch you in your shit. Mm-hmm. Flat the fuck out. Whether you mid-sentence or not. It just, once I come to the realization that this can't be walked back, it's a fight. Yeah. And I don't want to do that with nobody. So mm-hmm. it helps that I remove myself. I stay calm. So I don't match energies. You match mine. I respect that. Yeah, I'm definitely moving towards that light. I think even talking to you more recently has kind of been changing my mind about things that I I needed to be changed, but I didn't know what direction to head in. That's the goal. I don't, my mood never sways in a room. I always sway the mood. So if I'm in a bad mood, everybody within a five foot radius is going to feel it. But if I'm in a great mood, everybody within that five foot radius is also going to feel it. So So you in control. Yeah, at all points, especially in my mood. Like, don't nobody, yeah. can't nobody sway me. If you did, it's probably my fault for not being in control of my emotions. Mm-hmm. But, nah. I move around people in a heartbeat. I ain't, I tell them all the time, I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't even mad at you for being you. Be you. I just can't rock with you. Right, right, right. right. I just can't rock and with you. And it's irrelevant whether they understand or not. That was another issue I had, like... I got to the point of walking away, but I couldn't accept that they wasn't walking away and that they kept trying to go, so then I would go back to it. Like, I literally put myself in, like, a timeline, and I watched how I acted from the years, from the ages, different relationships. Some friendships I lost that were my fault that I am I'm I was bitter about it because I'm like, fuck, they were a good person, and I oh, fucked I'm, that up. I've burned bridges that I shouldn't have burned. Yeah, so I'm looking back, and I'm just, I'm trying to put together, men, you know, a bigger picture of people it People grow, people change, men, them yeah. bridges. If you, if you like, if you miss the interaction, if you, if you vet that person, mm-hmm. look at them now and see the type of person that they are. If that's the, close to the type of person that you are, Shoot the shot. Fuck it. Mm, <laughs> people why not? To, people need to spend more time working on their platonic relationships. Like Yeah. Their non romantic relationships. <laughs> yeah, like just be a good yeah, person to people. Yeah, bro. I think like, they need the most time on those. I'm learning that. I all only spent time on relationship shit and now I'm all about friendship. Oh yeah. And yeah. partnerships and you know what I mean? Getting to know people in that way, a business wise. Truly getting to know them, but I can never differentiate me knowing a woman and me fucking and me not fucking her. 
Like, every woman I met was a target at one point. Oh, nah. And I had to get out of that. You know what I mean? Because I didn't know how to be friends with them. Because in the grand scheme of things, I wasn't trying to be friends for real. I was trying to see how far I could get. And if you didn't let me, I would cut you off. If you let me, I'll see how long, you know, I'm going to do this. And then I'll mm-hmm. cut you off. That's why, I, like, it would, I was the same way. Like, if I was going to talk to you and you were a female at some point. I feel like it, Mike Tyson. Like, we was, should be having sex. Because. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't always beneficial. Like, Hell no. Know. That was rarely beneficial. That's how I lost good friends. Fucking them. And shit got worse. And some of them people I should have never put my shit inside of. But it was too late at that motherfucking point. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew. A lot of them I knew. Like, we should never have pushed those boundaries. I don't really dwell on people. Like, once it's over, I don't dwell it's really on it, but I do miss people. I, I do. I definitely still have better feelings towards some because I feel like they would fit perfectly into my life. Like, I still see them. I still people, and we're just not as close as we were. And I feel like who they are now, I'm like, fuck. Like, this friendship would be perfect right now. You know what I mean? But Shoot the shot. I have, I have, and some, and, and some of it is my discipline and me accepting that they're uninterested now, and I was talking about that the other day, like, we need to get used to being uninterested in people, everything isn't an interest, everybody's not supposed to be your friend, it's okay to be uninterested in people, and it's okay for them to be uninterested in you, don't be trying to force a friendship with everybody just because you want them to like mm-hmm. you, if they don't it's, like you, that's cool. It comes back to shadow work, people spend so much time avoiding rejection that they don't know what to do with it when it happens. I used to hate rejection, man. Oh, man. That shit used to break me down. It don't bother me now. It don't now. It used to for sure. Reject, <laughs> I hate it being rejected. Cool. I'm going to just look at all the niggas before me and all the niggas after me and understand yeah. that, you know what? I just wasn't it for you. Yeah. That's cool. That was you, my male ego. That was I my pride. The bullet. I felt like I knew I was a good ass nigga, and, which is subjective. So I didn't understand why a woman was rejected, especially after I seen what you've been dealing with. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, that and now I don't look at it like that. Rejection isn't always because they don't like you. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and but I didn't understand that at a young age. I don't think a lot of people understand that. I think they just like motherfuckers think they don't like you if you disagree with them. I think as soon as you go against something like you said that they know to be true, they don't like you no, or they want to get away from you, or they they will avoid you because they don't want to hear that shit. People have been taught their whole lives comfort is king. Yeah, they don't want to hear that shit. Comfort is king. Nah, I don't. The one thing that does trip me out is shit ending and it's not my fault. Like, that's a new concept to me. Normally, any other instance up to this point, mm-hmm. and some shit goes south, it's probably because I fucked another bitch or I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. But now this shit be ending and it don't be me. And now I got to sit here and have the conversation like, you done fucked up. Mm-hmm. And that shit blows my mind. I love it. Um, I no, love it's, people weed themselves out of my life. Give me the type of person I am, I understand change and I ex- expect change and mm-hmm. I expect growth. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to detach from toxic people when it's not me because you know what I'm saying that's how you I'm expecting you to learn from the shit that I'm telling you if Mm. if I'm explaining the shit to you I'm expecting you to heed my information absolutely and change because of it and people don't understand that I'm the type of person where Mm. any interaction with me is a gift so if I'm taking the time to explain some shit to you (laughs) I'm expecting you to to listen yeah but once I stop explaining this shit bro I don't give a fuck yeah I'm gonna watch you bump your head 50 times and laugh at you yeah so yeah, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people don't. I, that that shit throws me. I'm still working on that one. Um, I'm 